Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Depend on We're the ones you can 
Hey, welcome to an episode of The Hot Wash with CJ, my co-host Alex Maltizo, Gold Star Father Jeff Falkel. Um, we're definitely honored to have uh, a good guest with us tonight. I say that every weekend uh, or every week, and like I said, the guests just keep getting better and better. Uh, no matter what happens, I don't think I'll be able to top the episode with uh, Command Sergeant Major uh, Anello because um, that was a pretty amazing show. Uh, but I, we're going to do our best uh, to keep that forward momentum going um, with uh, the awesomeness we had that night with Sergeant Major Anello and uh, all the previous previous guests we've had on the hot wash. Um, definitely uh, looking forward to this tonight. Uh, hey, Alex, are you with me, girl? I am. In fact, I wanted to say happy birthday. Uh, it's Joe Anello's birthday today, and also your friend, which is a previous guest, uh, Mark Green, congratulations for becoming the um, Secretary of the Army. Yep, absolutely. Yep, uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't, has it hit the news? Is President Trump actually officially uh, endorsed him now? I, I haven't okay, seen it yet, but that doesn't mean anything. It was. It's supposed to happen uh, today or tomorrow. Um, but uh, that's kind of. I mean. The, the cat's been out of the bag for a couple, you know, a week or two, but uh, definitely a uh, former hot wash guest, um, former uh, special operations flight surgeon, Tennessee Senator Dr. Mark Green uh, is the forerunner and uh, has been chosen by President Trump to be the next Secretary of the Army, and that's going to be announced uh, by Trump hopefully uh, today or tomorrow. So we're pretty excited about that, and hopefully we'll definitely yeah, be able actually, to get uh, um... the I was going to say, he was nominated about four days ago, so uh, officially. So we'll, maybe we'll get lucky and uh, be able to get the Honorable Mark Green back on the hot wash once he takes office. That'd be awesome. And uh, our guest tonight is having some comms issues. He's traveled um, in between Tucson and uh, – California, so uh, he's going to be calling right back here in a few minutes, uh, but uh, I'll go ahead and uh, start talking about who, uh, actually, you know, before I do that, I want to take this time uh, to talk about uh, some of our sponsors uh, and our partners who make uh, the hot wash possible and, and guys that uh, really uh, are part of the hot washes family, uh, first and foremost, and outside of Junior's Bullet Pin. In no particular order, but the first one I'll plug is Junior's Bullet Pins. Um, definitely uh, Jeff Falkel um, does an amazing job with Junior's Bullet Pins. If you haven't uh, heard of Junior's Bullet Pins before, uh, check check them out. Jeff, go ahead and plug uh, your website and tell us a little bit about Junior's Bullet Pins while we have some time here. Okay, yeah, it's uh, just www.juniors, spelled out with an S, bulletpens with an S.com. Um, they're made in honor of my son, Staff Sergeant Chris Falco, who was, it was his idea to make pens out of 762 shells, uh, after he finished sniper school at, uh, at Fort Bragg. And unfortunately he never got the chance to, uh, to actually make any as he was, he was killed in action in, on 8 August, 2005. So we make the pens in his honor and, uh, you know, the proceeds from the pens go to support different special operations charities, um, uh, take care of our, you know, soldiers and their families. And I can tell you absolutely, uh, I carry a uh, junior's bullet pin everywhere I go. Um, I've got 
two or three. I've got uh, backups in my backpack in case I lose them. I haven't lost one yet, knock on wood, but uh, i got about keeping up with pins. So, uh, But I definitely well, write well, with a junior well, bullet pin every single day. Well, if you do lose them, let me know. I know the guy who makes them. <laughs> I cherish my pins, Jeff. Uh, honestly, my junior bullet pin is, is is important to me. And like I said, I keep it with me everywhere I go, and, and that's what I write with every day. Um, I want to send a shout-out to uh, VSA. That's the Veteran Sportsman's Alliance. Um, if you haven't heard of them before, check them out. www.veteransportsmansalliance.com. Um, that's an amazing nonprofit organization who's doing with uh, our warfighters. They take uh, combat wounded veterans uh, from any conflict. Uh, it could be a Korean War vet, uh, Vietnam vet, um, on up to present day war veteran um, on once, of a li- once in a lifetime hunts. Uh, one of the things that makes them special and sets them apart from the other nonprofits that do this type of work is uh, Veterans Alliance continues to follow the soldier um, after they've done the hunt, and they become a member of the Veterans Sportsman's Alliance family, um, and there's constant interaction and uh, dialogue back and forth between VSA and that veteran. Um, uh, I believe in Veterans Sportsman's Alliance. Go Alex. Uh, I was going to say I wanted to give a shout-out to my favorite, uh, which is Task Force Dagger Foundation. They um, support all the JSOC and SOCOM community and also uh, the, support, the support groups who support them as well. So um, they've got a dagger dive coming up in June, so I wanted to mention uh, that incredible group. Um, also, my guys at European Security Academy and uh, International Military Airborne Training School. And, obviously, my weapons company that I'm with, uh, Machine Gun Armory. We make the uh, sockets. Who's next? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, named uh, quite, quite a few. Uh, she talks some really fast sometimes, and I, I have to process it because I'm a little slow. Um, she talks about several <laughs> organizations that are, that are pretty awesome chance to meet uh, some of her uh, her people with Machine Gun Armory, um, and they are an outstanding group of people. Um, the Task Force Dagger guys do exceptional Thank work um, for our veterans, and our, our not only our veterans of the special operations community, but Task Force Dagger does a lot of work um, with our Gold Star children, uh, which is, uh, you know, it means the world to me. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that I've said it before, and it, we as... Um, and as veterans of the special operations community or veterans period, we have a commitment um, that we must fulfill, and that is of our goals to our families um, and the children of our fallen brothers and sisters. Um, it's our job and it's our responsibility to be there for them and help them not replace their mother or their father, but to take that role of being that big brother, that big sister, to help shoulder some of the responsibility that for them because they're missing their mother or father, uh, and their mother or father pay the ultimate sacrifice. So working with Gold Star Children is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, definitely do want to send a shout-out to uh, Horsepower Therapy. Uh, Horsepower Therapy um, started by Greg Coker and uh, Jason. A um, little bit of a different concept than uh, the hunting and shooting concept. 
force power therapy concept is working with uh, disabled uh, combat injured veterans uh, in veterans period uh, who might not be able to be involved with firearms uh, because it bothers them or it triggers some bad memories or their post-traumatic stress. So they deal with uh, our therapy through horsepower, uh, building hot rods, drag, drag racing cars, and getting the veterans out on the drag strip uh, and getting behind some serious horsepower and, and burning some serious rubber on the track. Um, so definitely got to give a shout out to them. And uh, I'll be pushing, uh, I've always pushed veteran sports. I talked about them a second ago, but uh, was on the phone with Brett Johnson the other day. So now I'm an official ambassador of uh, veteran sports alliance. So I'm pretty uh, proud of that and proud of that title. Congratulations. So, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. So That's awesome, brother. So I'll be uh, doing uh, even more than uh, I have been in the way of publicizing and uh, outreach for Veterans Sports Alliance. Jason, I have you back on the phone, brother. Yes, I do. Yes, you are. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So uh, we, we did a couple of minutes plugging uh, some organizations that have been on the show and been guests before. Um, but on there tonight, or the episode is dedicated tonight to uh, a really amazing um, organization uh, that that reaches out to, I'm going to say, forgotten heroes, uh, and and I'll tell you why I say that, um, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Jason, but, you know, our, our key guest tonight, or our um, Featured guest tonight uh, is is Jason Johnson. Jason started a nonprofit organization um, called Project Canine Hero, and I say the forgotten heroes because a lot of people uh, have a uh, a backwards view of military working dogs uh, and police kind working dogs uh, that you know they're disposable. Um, it's just an animal, um, and you know it's just a tool to uh, help justify a means to the end of completing that mission and uh you know i'll publicly say anyone who has that attitude um is not somebody i associate with um those animals mean just as much to me as any one of the operators um that i fought alongside with in combat they have the same love respect and admiration from me that i give to uh well brother community so uh the the job that uh Jason is doing is definitely able. Um, so, Jason, I want to say welcome to the show. Um, didn't mean to steal your thunder, but uh, definitely uh, wanted to get that off my chest because I feel that way. Animals are very important to me. So, welcome to the hot wash. Uh, you're on with Alex and Jeff. Um, hopefully, we, uh, if we're going to have bombs, it happens later tonight, not not uh, while we're doing the interview. But welcome to the show, brother, and. Uh, Definitely glad to have you on as a guest. Thank you. I greatly appreciate you having me on and giving me the opportunity to talk about my health. So, Jason, I want to ask you, uh, you know, kind of what we do with guests, uh, ask them, you know, who they are. So, who who is Jason Johnson? Where did you come from and, and where did you get started? I come from a small town in Michigan called Hadley, Michigan. I, I joined the U.S. Army in 1993 to be a U.S. Army MP. I did that for five years, and I, I wanted to get out and be a civilian police canine officer, so I did that. Started up in Chalup uh, Police right outside Fort Lewis, Washington. For anyone who's ever been to Fort Lewis or knows the South Hill area, 
I worked there for a few years, and then I went over to Yakima Police. Uh, there's a Yakima training center over there where a lot of guys do night ops and different missions. I was a Yakima Police SWAT canine guy. Did that for a few years, went to college, got my degrees, uh, my, my bachelor's, my master's in security management, and wanted to do bigger and better things. Uh, started a company and was recruited by Blackwater. I started uh, 2008, went over to a place called Al Hill, Iraq. I was a canine handler there, and uh, when the company kind of changed over to Triple Canopy, I stayed with them, and as they went through some name changes, from there on out, I, I went over to Afghanistan, and I was on the ambassador's detail as a high threat protection canine handler for all of our high-level meetings we had in Kabul at that time, and then uh, I was recruited by the ATF. I came back to D.C., and I was a national canine instructor at the ATF National Canine Academy, and I taught agencies like the FBI, the CIA, the Marshals, the NGA, did about every branch of the military out in Arizona for the homemade explosive training in 21 international countries. And then I went on to Homeland Security for a few years, CSA, Explosive Detection Canine Program, what's called a field canine coordinator. So that was my 23 years of government service and police, law enforcement, military. And now I, uh, I spend my time traveling the United States talking about the Project Canine Hero and all those thousands of dogs that I helped train that I worked with, uh, we can take care of them um, for life. So, man's best friend, do you uh, do you remember your first dog? And uh, what did you learn about your first dog? And did you know you were going to be a canine handler? I, I do remember my first dog all the way back from 1980. So I'm 42, so mm -hmm. I'm five years old. I had a German short-haired pointer named Ginger. She was our family pet. Uh -huh dog that lived in the house and um you know it just kind of grew up with dogs uh she stayed with our family until i was 18 so i went on the army and honestly no one no recruiter no high school counselor nobody ever told me about being a canine here i knew nothing about it until i got in the mc4 and then i learned wow i got this, this canine and that's probably the coolest thing i've ever seen and that's what i want to do so that's that's what i set my mind to do and that's what we've done since so they say that, uh, you know, we are the ones that teach dogs, but what has, do you think that dogs have actually taught you about um, warfare, obviously keeping people safe, the unconditional love they have, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Well, they know, they know almost absolutely no fear. I can say that wholeheartedly. Um, and some of the books I've written, some of the stories I've told, uh, they go out and do their job. Uh, to the best of their ability, and they don't even take fear into consideration ever uh, at, at any level of operation. Uh, they are willing to, to do their job and go above and beyond that, unfortunately, I would say us as humans are not even capable of. Just, you know, share with our audience, you know, some of, some of your favorite stories, uh, you know, that are prime examples of that, Jason. One one story I, I talk about a lot in a, a book I helped write for a, a master's course called What They Didn't Teach Me in the Academy. It was all true stories about real-life deployments and real-life dogs and things. Um, but we talk about a dog we have in our program, or we had in our program, called Big Fuzz. And, and Big Fuzz and I was introduced together in September of 2008 in Al Hill, Iraq. And, um, you know, when I was in the Army in 99, or 93 to 98, you know, I didn't see a lot of mortar attacks, and I didn't see a lot of that stuff. So it wasn't until I went in with Blackwater 
until you know I started had to worry about you know rockets and mortars dropping in around me. But the very first time that happened, I was at the regional embassy in El Hilo, and I lived in a small conic type room there with a big buzz, and he was kind of over by the door. He was a hundred three pound Czechoslovakian shepherd, long haired, and he come he got up out of the middle of nowhere and came over to my desk and started whining and barking and laid right down on my feet, looking in my eyes, uh, whining and barking. And I thought, wow, what has gotten into this dog? What's wrong with him? And about one or two seconds later, I I heard the loudest boom I've ever heard in my life. And uh, he went on to do that every time we had a mortar attack or a rocket attack and any artillery coming in. And I just thought it was the most amazing thing. And, and what I learned over training dogs and times, you know, he was coming over and warning me and, and getting right to me. But I think he could associate, he was either hearing the whistle in the air coming. Sure. I don't know if he, I can't say he heard the launch, wherever that was. But he was, he was hearing it before we as humans could hear it. And he gave me that couple of seconds warning, whether it was to take cover wow. or do what I had to do um, before it hit. And that was every time. Wow, that's amazing. That's very cool. Yeah, big fuzz. Yeah, I could definitely dog. say. Go ahead, brother. I was just say after he served with the State Department, um, he was there about six years straight in Iraq, and he came back to Williamson County, Texas, and he was he worked he worked some he worked as their bomb dog, went on uh, calls to like Texas uh, University Stadium and did a bunch of stuff. So. He ended up working until he was about 14. We put him in the program. He actually just passed away um, this past December, but we're going to we're gonna do something here to honor him uh, on, on one of our next shirts. So we're going to kind of have him out nine line, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. I can say that uh, I definitely know uh, personally, um, I touched on that briefly at the, the beginning of the show, the love and admiration and respect that I have these working dogs. Um, I can tell you from my time uh, as a special operations medic, I've flown, um, I've flown into hot LZs and, and flown in uh, some pretty hairy situations to Kazavaks for uh, the working dogs in our community, um, and they got the same exact respect, uh, the same exact care um, that any one of our uh, special operators got uh, when they were injured, and uh, that's how important i feel about uh treating animals with respect and uh showing them the love that they deserve um and i think kind of that's what your organization does not kind of it does um you know us as soldiers uh when you, you serve your time uh you get out of the military maybe you didn't but uh you do your va your claim and you get your VA disability rating, or if you're retired like myself, um, you, you get your retirement fee, uh, retirement uh, pay, and uh, you get those benefits. Uh, but something that uh, I learned from you in discussing uh, with you the other day was that these animals don't get those benefits when they retire them. Um, and and I, I guess it's kind of a close. Um, the animals that I knew from, uh, from my community uh, are still receiving, you know, veterinary care from the community. Um, but, you know, you touched on it and, and kind of brought it to, to me. 
doesn't happen with all of them. That's that's pretty rare. So if you could tell us about that, Jason, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah if you could take us through uh, just how the lifespan of of a military or a working dog and what happens. Yes. Okay. Well, most dogs are procured by whether it be the police or the military around the one year old. They go through training. It can be up to six months or so. So they usually hit the field somewhere between a year and a half and two years old, give or take a few months. Um, once they hit the field, their working life is usually based on their health and, you know, how long they can sustain in their environment. So let's say they, they made it through a full working life. Most of them do not work past the age of 10 just because that's when they start deteriorating and, you know, their bodies start getting slower and things. So they have, on average, a high average would be eight years. Some have a little less, just like we do with soldiers whether you had to get out early because of a medical issue or not. But once once they do retire from police force or the military, almost all agencies, and whether that be the federal government, whether that be the DOD, or whether that be a state police agency or a city police agency, they, they adopt that dog out. And they try to adopt it out to a handler, a former handler, which they do a pretty decent job of. But whoever accepts that responsibility also accepts all care and I'll talk to that dog for the rest of their life. Um, no longer does the DOD or no longer does the state that they work for uh, provide medical care, provide food, or any death benefit assistance. So as Project K.I.G. got started, and those are the three tiers I wanted to touch on, I, I wanted to say, okay, we're going to put aside $3,000 per dog per year for medical but we don't use there. We'll put in an emergency fund for the other dogs in the program to use. And uh, I, I gained partnership with World Canin, which is a, a dog food company. They're helping me out with uh, professional pricing where we're getting a discounted rate through our organization. They're shipping it out to each of our handler's homes for us. And then we as the foundation pick up the rest of the bill so they don't have to pay that. And then for each dog that passes away, we had three pass away this year. Um, I do up to $500 or through our foundation. So we do uh, 250 kind of covers the cremation costs and about 250 gets a nice urn or a nice box with their engraved date, picture, you know, uh, service and all of that. So those are the things that we really try to focus on with our, with our program who, who do put money aside for that. But it, it's less than 5% out there, to be honest with you. You you talk about that, Jason. Uh, you, you know, it, something just popped up in my mind, and uh, you know, I, I'm going to ask the question. Um, when, when these dogs, especially the military working dogs, when they pass, um, do they? And I know this might sound silly to some people, but it, it, to me, it sounds absolutely on point. Um, because, like I said, I look at, at them just like I look at uh, one of my brother and sisters that are fighting a fight. Do they get any kind of um, final respects by the military? Um, any kind of honor from like the military uh, mm-hmm. during the yeah, passing? Well, one, one thing I will touch on with the dog programs, both in civilian police and military, when they're active duty, just like when we are active duty soldiers, active duty law enforcement, they get 100% treated just like everybody else. Um, you know, they'll have, I've been to police dog funerals and I've been to military working dog funerals and and they come out with the full honors, and, you know, there'll be a firing squad there sometimes. And, some, you know, we'll do a, if we're doing a burial, we'll have an honor guard. 
and, and that's that's what you would expect, especially if they they die in the line of duty. So they do they do receive that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, what I found is once they retire, they're almost forgotten about. They're they're no longer unless that particular handler does something special for them. More than likely, uh, once they're retired and they pass away, there will be no special honors unless a project like mine that we have with Canine Hero or that particular handler or that person who adopts them goes out of their way to make something special happen for them. And um, out of curiosity, um, I remember that there was a big hoopla about them being listed as equipment, so they were leaving them uh, in theater and things like this. Did they ever change that? Has been changed, um, and there and there's a couple there's a couple things in in the military. They are doing a lot better job of getting them back to Lackland Air Force Base, where their initial training is taking place. And there's an adoption program where people can adopt them. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the hoopla you're talking about, Alex, I think, was with some of the contract working dogs that have been left behind mm-hmm. that we're still working on. I work on with another mm-hmm. uh, organization called. Uh, uh, Mission Canine Rescue out of the Houston area, and, and I've done some work with them. Uh, they they work on getting their dogs, those contract dogs, out of there. Military has done a great job about uh, either retiring them with a former handler or somebody from the unit. And almost every police dog goes to their handler, and the very few that don't have, we've helped place a couple this year, but um, they always find to get home. It's not it's not mm-hmm. finding to get home that's the thing. It's that. Um, so let's say I, I find a good home with one with you, but now if that dog two months later needs a $4,500 shoulder replacement, even from an injury that it occurred on duty, uh, that's going to be your mm-hmm. cost to help you on that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sad part. Um, you know, that that's something that bothers me, um, knowing that, just like I said, they're, you know, they're, they're the forgotten. Uh, heroes. Um, it, I've I've spent a lot of time in the community and uh, working targets, um, and ser- I should say servicing targets um, where military working dogs were involved in, and they absolutely I've watched firsthand how they've saved uh, Americans' uh, lives, um, and I've seen got uh, several good friends. Uh, I don't mention any names because I can't, but. Um, because they're still actively working in the community, but uh, I know several guys uh, who are alive today only because of their canine partner uh, took the the brunt of a blast um, on an IED, um, a suicide bomber, um, and you know the mission that these these animals provide is absolutely priceless. Um, it's sad that that we lose them like any soldier, um, but to think back of what a and I hate to use the word tool because they're more than a tool, but what a vital part of the mission they play in saving and salvaging American lives, um, it, it's irreplaceable. Um, they'll never be able to find a robot. They'll no, never be able to find any other piece of equipment that does what Einstein does uh, in saving lives, um, and it's it's been going that for decades um the military working dog have saved american fighting men's lives and i think that uh, we owe them nothing but the utmost uh, respect and all of their uh, medical care and benefits and until they do um pass 
Um, so is there anything, Jason, that you're doing or that organizations you work with are doing uh, be, uh, in the way of presenting legislation uh, to get that changed? We have uh, made some trips to Washington, D.C., and I have spoke to some key members of Congress and some chiefs chief of staffs, and it's something that's definitely been brought up where I've presented the idea of at least making some of these government agencies like the DOD, DHS, DOJ, put aside some money so when the dogs do retire that, you know, there's a fund there. that even if the handler adopts them, they can use part of that fund to – you know, pay medical bills or pay for food. Um, I will say I've hit some roadblocks on that. That, that certainly, um, I've talked to some experts in it, and the, the time that it would take me to pass such legislation, or you know, I would, what I need we need to find is a, a, a congressman or a senator who is so passionate about it that they latch on to it and they make it a personal, you know, a personal mission of their own um, to see that happen. So. Definitely something that I'm working on. It's definitely something I've already been to D.C. and talked to people about. I think it's going to take a little bit. For now, we, we reach out to um, our corporate sponsors, and we try to get help through that, you know, that avenue. Um, where, uh, like I said uh, earlier, I have a partnership with Nine Line Apparel, who creates all my shirts, hoodies, for getting ready to do us a hat order. I was on the phone with them today. Um, stuff I put on my website, and, and they do me a lowest cost possible, and then we can set the price. So, you know, if we're making uh, $20 a unit, 100% of those proceeds go right back to funding the dogs within our program, um, funding the, the food for them. So we, we're getting a little further immediately that way. I, I agree with you that long term mm -hmm. I'd like to see a bill pass or some legislation um, that, could take, that could take the next 20 years, uh, and that's okay. We're here to fight for them, and we're not going nowhere. We'll keep pushing that agenda and keep doing that thing and see if we can't get that eventually passed. Would you what, – what would percentage of the dogs would you say, Jason, you know, do end up having to have some, you know, some major, major uh, surgical procedures or whatever? I mean, you know, you, you look at our guys – and, and the, the physical abuse, not abuse, but the physical wear and tear uh, that, that goes with, with particularly being deployed as many times as they have and, and with, you know, the minimal recovery time that we've had. And I'm assuming I would have to think the same thing happens with the dogs. Absolutely. Uh, especially the military working dogs who went on several deployments. Uh, they're going to run into, they're going to run into issues. You know, that's, that's why the military retires when they're eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. Because at the ages of 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, if they make it that long, that's when that's when surgeries start needing to take place. And you know, I I would say a very large percentage is going to require some major funding worth a few thousand dollars, if not close to ten thousand dollars, possibly, depending on the issues, mm -hmm. to make sure that they have a healthy and uh, enjoyable retirement that they should have. I want to take this uh, this chance uh, just to say, hey guys, if you're in, uh, you're you're listening to an episode of the Hot Wash, uh, we're live on the air. If you'd like to call in and uh, interact with uh, Jason Johnson, the founder of Project Hero, or uh, 
my co-hosts Jeff and Alex. Uh, you can reach us at 563-999-3015. That's 563-999-3015. We are live on the air. This is the Hot Wash. And if uh, you want to catch the whole episode, didn't catch the first or the beginning part of the episode, uh, all the episodes are archived. Um, you can reach it on Blog Talk Radio. W-O-R, that's the Warrior Outreach Radio, and we're also available on iTunes. You can download us for free, all the archived episodes there. Um, i got to ask you, um, what's the percentage of, of the military working dogs um, that don't get um, adopted? Um, and I, and it, maybe you don't have that readily readily available, but I hate to put you on the spot. But I'm very familiar with uh, with the adoption process uh, there at Lackland because um, I actually was uh, in the middle of trying to adopt a, a working dog from Fort Knox when he retired, um, and his handler came back and got him um, and kind of beat me out of it. But uh, what's the pro? You know, what's the the numbers on those that? don't get to get adopted and have to be put down. Do you know? As far as I know, and I've, I've been down there recently in the last year, visited with the uh, adoption coordinator and I've been in the office there. Most of them that are adoptable, and let's just say health wise, mental wise, physically wise, that you could actually place in someone's home to get adopted. Um, there's a, there's a nice list of people willing to do such. They make it such that the costs are kind of all on you. Like, you know, you need to come all the way down to Lackland, pick up the dog. If they're going to ship it, that cost is you. I think they may take you to the airport for you, but I'm not even sure if they'll do that anymore. But, you know, so they're not putting a lot of money into it. They're putting the cost on you. But as far as I know, the list has been extensive of people wanting to do it, uh, and they let them out. I don't know of them, you know, having to put any down uh, that were fully adoptable. Now, keep in mind, too, that there's some dogs that have serious health issues, have serious maybe uh, mental issues, or just not adoptable that that may get put down just like they would at a pound or an animal shelter because of their uh, behavioral issues um, for safety reasons. But I'm not I'm not aware of a lot not making it. And, and, and the one thing we do try to offset is, you know, you raise your hand like you want to get a dog that was up at Knox, but the handler got it. It's it, it that you do get that dog, and then you got the dog for a year. And, you know, you learn this dog had a huge history of being a warrior and all these explosive finds or um, apprehensions of high value targets. And he's a real hero, like the ones we have in our program. Um, but then he needs, you know, he needs some major surgery um, that next year. And, you know, you weren't really counting on paying $5,000, but you. you raise your hand to take care of this animal. And so that's where we step in as Project Canine Hero, and that's where we try to help you offset those costs to make sure that dog does live that long and healthy life it deserves. And I think that that's one of, you know, that's so admirable what you guys do um, because I know a lot of um, a lot of dogs I've worked with uh, over the years um, you know, I I know I still get to see them because they just like you talked about their handler have uh, adopted them after retired, um, and they get get a good loving home. 
Um, and I know that um, the criteria that Lackland had for the adoption process is uh, intense, um, and they do a really good job of ensuring that the animal is going to a good, stable environment um, where it's going to be cared for. Um, so I think in that aspect, they're doing great with that. Um, but I would right. like to see more in view, you know, in in light of the follow-on care like you're talking about. Uh, you said it sometimes, you know, you adopt a, an animal, and then a month later, two months or six months later, he needs a hip replacement or, you know, he has a significant uh, medical issue that that is going to be a huge out-of-pocket cost. Um, I think it's amazing what K-9 here was doing, but I would like to see the American government um, cover that because the dog gave its life and service uh, protecting our, you know, fighting for our freedom. And that dog deserves mm-hmm. just as much care um, from our, our taxpayer. And I don't say the word taxpayer a lot like that, but, uh, you know, we as American citizens owe that animal um, to the absolute best veterinary care that they could get uh, if they do die. Um, and I would love to see that in legislation, and uh, I'd be more than absolutely more willing to uh, to help you promote that cause. Um, and while we were having some uh, technical difficulties uh, with your communications, um, we talked about one of our former guests on the hot wash, um, Senator Mark Green, Dr. Mark Green, uh, who is Donald Trump's President Donald Trump's uh, forerunner, Secretary of the Army. Um, that's definitely something I would love to present to. Uh, once he becomes the Honorable Secretary Mark Green, um, to mention and present those facts to him and say, hey, we owe, these, we owe this as an American people and as a country. We owe that care to these these animals that uh, are saved American lives. Um, that's, you know, I'll tell you, I'll do anything I can uh, to, to help push that, Jason, and to, to bring in light that I can on that issue. Well, I greatly appreciate that, sir, and you just told me that eight hundred points and I will be there. Alex, what do you got, girl? Mm. Oh my well, god, I, I didn't to, uh, talk about Alex. No, I just wanted to talk that? about Shut the fuck up. All right. I was going to ask about Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bessie. But, yeah, I was going to actually talk about Flash. Um, Flash is uh, Jason's best friend, really. And, um, Jason, could you talk about Flash? Absolutely. So he, going he, back to uh, what I was talking about when I just gave a little bit of my background, Flash was my police dog at, at Yakima Police. Um, she was a narcotics canine. I was a... Uh, Open trained dogs at the time in 2005, and we were looking at dogs for a new class. And Flash was a, a was a pet rescue up in uh, Everett, Washington, at the animal shelter. And we had went in there and evaluated her. She was actually going to be put down the next day. And we thought, well, we got this class going. And she, we test we test certain environmental things in a dog, and their ball drive, and 
and some social confidence things and flash tested real well. So I thought, well, we'll give her a shot. Let's, we'll take her. We're going to work the case scenario. We could always bring her back. Um, so the animal shelter, uh, you know, just gave her, gave us flash and she didn't have a name at the time. And I took her to school and one of the dogs I was training kind of, kind of failed out. And I thought, well, let me see how this, this flash does. I'll call her flash. Um, I was a big Dukes of Hazard fan when I was a kid, and that was my favorite show. <laughs> I thought my, my next Flash Pico. Flash Pico train, no matter what, boy, girl, or whatever. So I said, we're mm-hmm. going to call her Flash. So we're, we're going to call her Flash, and she graduated like at the top of her class and went on to Yakima PD, ended up having 3,000 appointments in eight years, 2,200 narcotics oh. lines for two DEA task force. There uh, with the city of Jackman, and then there's one down in the valley that, that kind of goes up in the sunny side area, if anyone knows that area. So, Flash had a great career. In, in 2008, as I stated before, I went to Blackwater, so I had to leave Flash behind. She, she got a new handler. Years went by, and um, she retired in 2013 after a full career at 10 years old. And they called me up and asked me if I wanted my dog back. And I said, Yeah. I'd love to have her back. So I was in D.C. at the time working for the ATF, and I flew out and got her. And, um, you know, just like any of these other handlers that get their dogs, the day I said I'd take Flash is the day I also accepted all responsibility for Flash. So mm-hmm. I'm lucky that Flash hasn't necessarily cost me a lot of money personally, and we haven't had to do bigger surgeries or anything. But there's a lot of dogs out there at Lytra who have talked about, you know, uh, and we have some – we have some stories in our in our in our book and on our website about that, where um, they do. So, Flash is our ambassador. We have a children's book called Canine Flash Becomes a Hero. It's about the story. I, I love that. Do. And then how Flash goes around and she meets the other dogs in our program. It's all true story. It's all about um, the, the other working dogs. And it kind of focuses on who they were and what they did. And our first book, Flash goes around meets Canine Wesley, who is an accelerant detection dog with the uh, fire department and who was on ATF call out for arson. We have canine Ringo in the book. He was with the state patrol, a narcotic canine. Ringo's a great story uh, because he's one of those dogs that had that $3,500 surgery right after he retired and the hammer had to make a hard decision. And three years later, he's still alive. So, and then That's we fantastic. have uh, canine Kurt who worked down with the FBI. Uh, down in Washington, D.C. So, and the first book, Tina Flash Becomes a Hero, kind of talks about her upbringing, the story I told, meeting those other four dogs, them starting the uh, Project Tina Hero Foundation, them going out and talking to people in D.C., just like we were talking about CJ, and them actually going out and starting to raise money to take care of other police dogs. And we're going to do a series of books. So if you look at our website under the Canine Heroes, uh, all those other dogs, Flash is going to go out in the next book. He's going to meet, you know, for seven of those. And we'll focus on who they were and what they did. And for the children, for like me, remember when you asked me if I wanted to be a canine handler? handler? Well, I didn't know about being a canine handler. So it's mm-hmm. awesome I'm asking young children about being a canine handler and how great of a job it is. I think that's fantastic. Yes, it is. So I can tell you honestly, uh, I would totally know what I know now. Um, I would have traded being at a, in the in the military for being a dog handler any day. Um, I think that the 
that that's definitely right up my alley. Um, you know, I love being a medic, and I, I loved all the missions I've been on. But uh, it, I think by far, if there was something I would say I would switch my MOS or change my MOS before, I definitely would have uh, got into the, the dog handling program. Um, no, no, now that's for sure. Yeah, so you make a great those, medic. Those who uh, follow us on our Facebook, um, it's just Facebook with the, at you know Project Canine Hero. I've been doing a lot of readings of the children. I was up in Alaska last week. I read to a couple groups up there. I posted some photos. Um, I've been signing books for kids a lot here lately and stuff. So every every chance I get to speak to a, a young child about becoming a canine handler, uh, you know, I autograph the book for him and. I describe it as the most honorable profession in the world. That's awesome. Can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about Jet Li? I sure can. So, a little backstory on it. Um, John Duengar was the uh, Navy Expeditionary Warfare Specialist Canine Handler who was assigned to Seal uh, Team Six at the time. Uh, when Extortion 17 went down. And over the years, I had become uh, friends with Johnny's Gold Star family, uh, Can and her brother Pan, uh, both Johnny's older siblings. And I've helped them write some different uh, things uh, to to honor Johnny's life. And in his hometown of South Sioux City, Nebraska, there's a memorial dog park named after him. We helped raise $20,000 to put a statue there. Uh, him and his dog, and a memorial park. And so that was three or four years ago. Fast forward to about two months ago, I was contacted by Indianapolis Police Department about uh, putting a retired NFW dog in my program, uh, Project Canine Hero. And he said he used to be on the field teams. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's a little weird. And now he's out of a home. So made some calls to, to vet that out. And I, I talked to the trainer who I knew there with NSW, and he, he was aware of the dog. His dog is the MWD Nicker. He knew all about Nicker, said he procured him himself back in 2007 in the Netherlands, and told me about his two tours he had in Iraq, and told me that they retired him at five years old because when they were getting ready to breach some of the doors in the darkness, Nicker started whining and getting a lot of anticipation, kind of giving away their position, which can be common, you know, for a working dog. So they retired him at five, but he's still real good. So they they adopted him out to Indianapolis PD, and he went to Indianapolis PD and had over 100 criminal apprehensions and dozens of drug fines and was a big hero there. And the handler who had him had gotten out of law enforcement, so he was given to another handler who, because his dog had just died, and that handler was getting a new dog, and he didn't, you know, he really couldn't have both dogs. So somebody told him about our foundation and what we do so he called so when he called me obviously i was very interested in the story because i had the they when he got the indianapolis pd they renamed him jet lee which was johnny's call sign uh when he was on the seal teams they called him johnny jet lee doing bar so i was like absolutely uh you know we'll take the dog and you know we'll make sure it's taken care of for life uh because at the time the pd the PD's uh, procedures was, well, you can try to adopt the dog out. You can take it to an animal shelter. And I was like, don't even, 
Don't even worry about it. I'll take it. If I have to drive to Indianapolis to get it myself, you know, we're, we're taking care of this dog. So my first call was to Johnny's family, Gold Star family, and I asked Pan, and I presented him with what information I just got. I let him know I, I vetted the information with the NSW trainer, and it, it, it was good to go. And they, they knew the trainer personally, too, because they trained their brother. So, um, And her older, their old, Johnny's older brother, Pan, uh, wanted the dog and, and said he was, like you, was trying to actually get one from DOD or get one from NSW, and it had fell through because <clears throat> the handler took it. So once, once we gave him this opportunity, he was all over it, and the uh, project came on Hero Page for the flight of uh, Jet Li out to, to um, their house out in South Sea, South Nebraska. And he's only been living there about a month and a half or so, but uh, everything's going great. Um, last week I did a national news story with NBC there in Indianapolis. It hasn't aired yet because they were going to do some back. They've also done some story with uh, Pan and Jet Li itself back in Nebraska. Uh, the other day they sent me a picture of them at the Memorial War Dog Park together. So uh, I'm looking forward to all coming together. I'm thinking next week or within the next two weeks it will hit the national news. They want to do a feature story on it. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and just the opportunity to uh, give Pan and, and Johnny's older siblings, you know, just uh, – a piece of their brother back. So um, it's just one of the things we do, and we're committed to making sure that K9 Jet Li is taken care of for life. Excellent. That's awesome. As it should be. If you go to our yeah, website, I think I... at Project Go ahead, brother. Our website at projectk9hero.org, we have all a tab called K9 Heroes. If you hit that Canine Heroes tab, you can drop down and see all the ones that are currently in our in our program that are still living. And if you click on Jet Li or any of the others, Splash, you'll see a picture of them. And we have their full bio on there about who they were, where they worked, what their dates of service was, what their accomplishments, and so forth. So I would encourage anybody listening to, to check out that website and just, just kind of read through some of these heroes and, and what, what they did. What I also did, uh, Jason, is uh, I posted a bunch of pictures earlier tonight uh, on the Hot Wash's Facebook page uh, of all of the uh, dogs you have in your program. Um, so those pictures are all listed uh, under uh, an album for the Hot Wash tonight with Project K9 Hero. And I also copied the link for the bio for each one of the dogs. So if you look at the dog, there's a link under the uh, description. You can hit that link, and it takes them directly to your website and gives the bio for them. So that's available there uh, on our website as well. That's great. Thank you. And I put a lot more photos so definitely. on our Facebook page because I, I usually don't like to clog the website up with a lot of photos because uh, we keep our donation page on there. we got a little founder page and our mission page. But I, if anyone follows us you know, on Hero on Facebook or Instagram, I usually post what our day-to-day, you know, mission we're doing, where we're at, what we're doing. I don't, I don't always. I try to keep the website pretty clean and, and not so complicated. But everything goes up on our Facebook or our Instagram page. Outstanding. What, what was I, I definitely. Again?
Jason, are you still there, brother? I sure am. Okay. okay. Jeff wanted to know what the website was again for uh, your organization yeah, so, and so, for your. So, yeah, so people people can access it. www.projectk90.org. We've got about uh, five minutes left uh, on the broadcast, Jason, and uh, definitely uh, I want to say thank you so much for this uh, solemn work that you're doing uh, for our canine brothers and sisters uh, in, who have, no kidding, given their entire life to protecting American soldiers. Uh, I know you, you work with other organizations, uh, so I wanted to give you a, a chance to uh, send a shout out to those other organizations that you work with um, outside of canine or Project uh, Hero. So uh, if you could just go ahead and plug those guys as well. Absolutely. Nine Line Apparel has been great to us. I know everybody in the veteran community is familiar with them. If you go to our website, uh, they're doing our shirts. We've got to deal with them right now. Every quarter we're going to put out a new item, whether that be a shirt, hoodie, or whatever, but with a new design. We just talked about Nicker. He's going to be on the next shirt. Some of the dogs I worked with at uh, Blackwater, Big Fuzz, Canine Ricky, Canine Rio on their website. Uh, I'm going to get a shirt with them on it for all of our alumni. Um, so they've been doing great stuff for us. Royal Canine helps us with our dog food. Um, they get us about a half rate price, uh, rate price on them, but they, most importantly, they drop ship from the factory to the handler's home for me, which saves us a lot of time. Uh, you might not have to do that. Um, I work with uh, a group called Extreme Concepts at www.extremewithanxconcepts.com. Great facility down there that helps me uh, foster me being out to do this, along with a canine organization called iCanine, www.iCanine.com. And they help me uh, make sure uh, we can be out here doing this kind of work for uh, not only our current heroes, but they help train our future heroes as well. I think that uh, what, you know, I just, I can't say enough, I can't say thank you enough uh, for everything you're doing for our, the and uh, the dedication. I love the idea and uh, the book that you have for the kids. I think that's amazing. Um, and I love that you're planting the seed in, in the kids' minds uh, early uh, on giving them someone to look up to in the canine community and, and planting that seed for future canine handlers. Um, you know, we, as little kids, everybody wants to be a fireman. Everybody wants to be a policeman. Everybody wants to be, you know, a cowboy, uh, an Indian. Uh, but giving them that option of, hey, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a canine handler. I think that's awesome. And I, I love the way that you've mm -hmm. delivered that uh, for the for the kids. Um, so I'm off to you for that, brother. Um, I'll tell you, anything that we can do for you, um, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. Don't ever hesitate to let us know. Um, I'll advocate for, for you with uh, Project K9 Hero any day of the week. Um, and I look forward to uh, collaborating with you on uh, pushing this uh, towards DC to uh, try and get more funds allocated uh, for, for these K9 heroes. Um, I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, before I shut up, I want to throw a shout out to some good friends of mine uh, live down in Florida, uh, Michael and Felicia Berg. Um, they uh, do some pretty amazing work uh, with uh, veterans. 
uh, with with diving. Um, but uh, something that's also near and dear to their heart is uh, canine canines for warriors. Um, Felicia and Mike uh, uh, do a lot of dog rescues, um, and unfortunately, uh, Felicia and Michael were both injured by one of the one of the animals that they rescued and uh, had been working with uh, they both got injured and and had some pretty significant uh, medical issues go down but I know uh, Felicia are listening tonight they listen to every single episode of the hot wash and uh, I just want to show a shout out, shout out to, to Felicia and Mike for what they do I love you guys um, thank you for the care and concern you have for veterans and uh, for animals um, Alex what do you have girl um, I actually want to know something really silly. Like, do you feed them table food? Like, do you feed them steak? Or are they, like, on a strict diet? Well, usually when they're working, they're on a strict diet. And, you know, they'll stay right with their food, you know, just like a soldier, you know, just like an athlete. Mm-hmm. However, you know, when some of them get retired and they're starting to get that old age, you know, I certainly give Flash, uh, you know, steaks and table scraps and everything because yeah. I figured he's, he's retired. <laughs> That's awesome. Bacon, you know, bacon, bacon. Yeah, bacon, bacon. <laughs> he loves bacon. He loves anything that, and and, and then I'm gonna hand her. <laughs> she she loves steaks. <laughs> and if I go if I go out to dinner, I try to make sure that I save something I'm bringing home. Yeah, I sh- I share uh, epic bars with Athena, and uh, do you also um, let Flash sleep in the bed with you or the couch, or is it like free roam? Because now that she's earned her respect and she's retired. Well, when she was a working dog, you know, she had like an indoor outdoor kennel, and she you know was all business, and but now that she's mm-hmm. retired. You- I, um, she's got certain beds in the area or in the home where she's allowed and where she's not allowed, but it's certainly, uh, the most comfortable situations any dog can ask for. Oh, and I love the bond between you two and good job. Good things that you're doing a lot of good things because in the infancy of your, uh, organization, uh, because we've been friends for such a long time, I just, I'm just proud of you to see all of the things that you wanted to do come to fruition. So kudos to you. Well, thank you, Alex. And as you know, I'm not done yet. We're just, we're just getting started. There's two things I say, I'll never run out doing this. I'm never going to run out of police and military dogs who need assistance and we'll never run out of people wanting to help them. So, as long as we got those two things going, I'll keep driving on doing what I do. Yeah, and they were saying there was sure. actually uh, in 2012, TSA had a breeding program, and I guess it got shut down. So they're trying to look for international breeding programs, and they needed an additional of like 300 uh, just for customs and borders alone, and not to mention anything from uh, TSA and Homeland Security. Yeah. So there's a little bit yeah. of a gap there. Yeah, we're, we're- mm-hmm. I'm working on that on the side with the company I mentioned with IK9 and the high detect- detection work. We actually have mm-hmm. uh, contracts right now with them that help uh, provide the secure dogs and the fully trained dogs for TSA. So that's that's when I said the company that helps me get out here so I can do this and, and put my heart and soul in Project K9 Hero. Well, I, I help work with them doing that for the government so I can at least make enough money to put the gas in my tank and the food in my mouth. So, I can work for free for this foundation. 
That's fantastic. And also I wanted to mention that National Canine Day for veterans uh, is a canine veterans. That's March the 13th. So if, no, if, if uh, the public doesn't know that, but they, they do uh, honor the uh, canine veterans. Yes, every year that's, that's the, uh, the day that uh, is designated for it. But here at Project Canine Hero, we honor ours every day. I love it. Yay. Jeff, any closing statements? Well, I just again, it's been great having you on the show, Jason. Uh, you know, I I have had a personal history. When I was a kid in upstate New York, we uh, we used to help train the bloodhounds for the state state patrol. So I, um, it, you know, dogs have always been near and dear to our heart. And you know, Alex mentioned Athena, and she's a, you know, she just is a a, a great Thanks, companion for, my for dog. us here. <laughs> and. Uh, so you know it's it's very important. I've I've gotten to know several canine handlers through the SF community uh, that that you know were uh, went through the Q course with my son, and we've become very very close. And and they're all retired, and their dogs have been able to retire with them because uh, they were involved in some pretty bad uh, IEDs, and that you know where the dogs basically saved you know not only their lives but the lives of the, and many of their teammates. So what you're doing is, mm-hmm. is very special, and we're glad to be able to help out any way we can and just thank you Charlie Mike brother keep keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate that. Absolutely. I I will tell you what, man, uh I, I will be there anytime you need uh me for anything, brother. Just give me a call. Um I said it's a very, very admirable job that you're doing and uh, I have a huge amount of respect for um the canines um, so if we can ever do anything to help you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, is there anything you'd like to say, uh, any closing remarks you'd like to uh, put out there, brother, before we close this episode? I'd just like to say thank you for having me on and uh, allowing me to share my passion for what we do. And our motto is protecting those who protected us. So that's what we're going to keep on doing. You can visit us at the website at org. Follow us on Facebook at Project Canine Hero on Instagram. And I look forward to uh, hearing back from anyone who wants to reach out to me or anyone's got any ideas how we can we can do this any better. And for UCK, I, I hope one day you can have a meeting at the Pentagon uh, real soon. And I'll be prepared to, uh, to speak about my passion and, and what we do and hopefully uh, change the world. I'll definitely be in touch uh, I can I can prom I can't make any promises that anything will happen, but I can guarantee you that uh, I will personally speak to uh, to Mark Green about this issue uh, and bring uh, awareness to him uh, as the new Secretary of the Army. Um, it will definitely at least get some time with him from me. Um, I guarantee that. So uh, that's my word on that, and I'm definitely a man of my word. Hey, guys, you've been listening to an episode of The Hot Wash. Uh, if you missed this episode, uh, we record it live every Wednesday night from uh, 7 to 8. Sometimes we go over. Um, you can find us at Blog Talk Radio. That's www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, Warrior Outreach is the station we use. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Just type in The Hot Wash uh, or The Hot Wash with CJ. It pops up. All of our episodes are archived. Definitely want to say thanks to my co-hosts, Alex Maltizo and Jeff Falfel. Um Great, thank you, thank you. great team to be with. Um, love them to death. 
want to say thank you to we love you. Our, love you too, brother. our honored guest tonight. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, I, I love you guys. I try not to say it often. I'm the secret to get that. I haven't We love life. you. Yeah, absolutely. We love you forever and ever and ever, 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 ever. <laughs> never, never, ever. All right, all right. <laughs> Definitely want to say uh, thank you to uh, to our honored featured guest tonight, uh, Jason Johnson with uh, Project Canine Hero. He's the founder and CEO of uh, Project Canine Hero. Have much respect uh, respect for what he's doing uh, for canines. Uh, if you missed the show, like I said, check us out uh, on Facebook. You can find us at the Hot Wash with CJ and Alex. Um, give our take. You can find us at uh, mm-hmm. www.blogtalkradio.com. And you can also find their archived episodes on iTunes. want to say thanks to our guests and thanks for all those who are listening and following us on uh, social media and tuning in every week. Um, we do our best to bring important uh, veterans uh, and war fight issues. Uh, we are uncensored, unadulterated, and we tell it like it is. That's what a hot wash is all about. That's why we're called the hot wash. Uh, tune in next Wednesday. Alex, you want to um, – do we have a confirmation for our guest next or do I need to put pause on that? Yeah, just a pause for that. So, um, But, yeah, we'll be good if it's, a, All right. if it's confirmed. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, just tune – be prepared to tune next uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. The Hot Watch will be live again with an exciting uh, guest uh, talking uh, about uh, an exciting program. So I want to thank and for everyone for listening. Uh, God bless America. God bless the USA. Night stalkers don't quit. Never ever.
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.